Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Millwall fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter, at Lions Food Hub. DM them. You can DM me at Actong Millwall, and I will pass on any help and information that we can lions food hub at lions food hub thank you for listening now back to the show you're listening to after law broadcasting from the beautiful south Berlin. except no well hello dear listeners welcome to another random fixture from the past edition of Actung Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast my name is of course Nick Hart, and I want to start by saying thank you to one of our listeners, Elliot Wood, who's sent me um, a YouTube link. This, I believe, has been doing the rounds on the social media and on the message boards for a little bit, so I'm not claiming this is any kind of scoop or exclusive, far from it. But it's a great YouTube link. I'm going to stick a link into the show notes. You may have seen this already, dear listeners, but it's a wonderful um, 1961 episode of um, what I believe to be the BBC's Sports Scene programme, which was like a, a precursor to Match of the Day, which didn't start till the mid-60s, but the, the, the kind of previous show on, on BBC TV showing uh, football was called Sports Scene, and it included the very posh tones on this footage of, I believe it's Kenneth Wollstonehome, who would, of course go on to the um, commentate on the, on the 1966 World Cup final. But this is a game between Millwall and Peterborough United, played on the 22nd of April 1961. And my, I suppose my eye fell upon this rather more than many. A, because it's so old. I mean, I was born um, six months beforehand, so I was six months old when this game took place. I would know nothing, had any interest or knowledge of um, where I was, which had been in Bermondsey at that time, we were living next door to the the, um, the Stanley Arms, as it is now, and on Suffolk Park Road. But um, at this age, I am sad to say that I would have known nothing of New Cross, Coldblow Lane, or, or Millwall. So the game's dated the 22nd of April 1961. Um, wonderful footage, well worth a look. The um, camera angle is unusual because 
the TV coverage in my time as a, as a Millwall fan was always via a scaffold erected on the halfway line terraces. So the actual cameras would have been up near roof level on the halfway line. Gave quite a nice view, actually. Quite, quite a nice um, view of the field of play. Um, the camera for this game, which was a single camera operation, I follow Eat Your Heart Out, actually. Um, black and white images, of course, back in those times. But it was actually located in the seats on the um, the other side of the of the ground, as we traditionally see any any TV footage from Coldblow Lane. So quite an unusual angle. Um, it would have been probably just around about where the management dugouts were, were located on the halfway line. So it gives a kind of um, intimate feel. I, I don't know what the right word for it is. The um, it's a different angle certainly on the old ground, and you get a much closer view of the players. Um, Fascinating stuff, obviously. Um, the, the pitches, you know, at, at those times it was a sea of mud. Um, always at Millwall, down the middle. Uh, <laughs> the wings never seemed to get that much um, erosion, but certainly the middle part of the, of, of the park did. The Lions wearing a fantastic early 60s kit. Um, revive this kit. Macron, Husky Chocolate, the club shop, whoever, whoever does this kind of work, revive this kit. It's a white shirt with a kind of royal blue single band across the centre of the chest, blue shorts, white stockings. It is a fantastically stylish kit. Um, we've never revived it since. We've revived the stripes, obviously, previous season where we paid tribute to the unbeaten team, the home record team of the mid-60s. We played in blue and white stripes. But I've not seen the classic white shirt with single blue band across the chest. I just think it's a wonderful design. Um, the middle team for this, this Division 4 contest back in those times, the Lions were in the, the newly formed 4th Division, um, which was, was kind of an amalgamation of the 3rd Division North and South, which have regionalised 3rd Divisions historically. Um, and in the late 50s, it was felt that the time was appropriate for a national 4th Division, which was a a combination of the two of the two leagues and and the lions were one of the founding members of the fourth division so um you know these the big crowd for fourth division times eighteen thousand turned out the the visit of peterborough who had not long been voted into the league into the football league um, and the commentary actually mentions that um generated a big crowd i think as much because they were looking like near certain champions of the division they would indeed go on to win the fourth division this 1960-61 season um the lions would finish in sixth spot that particular year we would go on to success the year after we would actually win the fourth division championship get promoted under the manager for this game um it started as jr smith one of our historic players in management but it would, he would be replaced during the course of the season by ron gray uh, who was in charge for this and Ron would take us to championship glory this season after in actual fact. I'm going to put some links to certain w Wikipedia pages and um, the Mill History website. Just uh, I'm going to stick that on Facebook. I'm going to try to uh, this, this newfangled thing called Facebook I've heard about. I've never really used it or exploited it so I'm going to try and see if I can make more use of it. I think I've said this probably a few times in these um, podcasts over the years so forgive me if I'm going to say it again. It's one of the pitfalls of getting older you start to repeat yourself dear listeners so anyway i will stick links on online to that effect um the footage is fascinating as i say played on a muddy pitch 
um, after each goal, uh, there's a there's a pitch invasion of kids, uh, much to the disapproval of the rather headmasterish tones of Kenneth Wolstenholme. Something must be done, he says, or words to that effect to to stop these kids running on the pitch. I think at one point he mentions one of the Mill players. It might have been Bumpstead. Um, we'll come on to the Mill lineup shortly, but one player, uh, uh, Dave Bumpstead. Might, it looks like he's been could be killed in there, which I thought was a bit extreme, given that um, we just scored, and these were just kids running on the pitch. One or two, a few fags going on, but it was the early sixties, dear listeners. After all, um, but yeah, so a precursor to the nineteen sixties, I guess. The fifties were turning into the sixties. Um, kids, I mean. One of the things you'll, you'll hear all of your life, no matter what your age, dear listeners, this is one of the lessons I've learned, is that there's always this thing by the older generations that kids nowadays don't know the half, you know, are, are worse than the kids of the past. And here's actual video footage that kids in 1960-61 were exactly the same as kids now. And because they were allowed or able to get onto the pitch after each goal, it clearly became a thing to do. Kids running on pitches would generate a lot of excitement then over the years. Um, I remember in the early 70s the um, threats to raise the price for children's entry for kids to get into the ground um, every time that the kids would run on the pitch at the end of the game. I don't remember too much in the way of mobbing players when they scored. I mean, other than most moments of high excitement, which there weren't many in, this, in the early 70s, I can tell you that much. Um, but certainly after each goal here, it, it became a thing to come on and, and mob the players. And that's what you'll see in this wonderful footage. And then Wolstenholme, you know, takes a, a negative view of it, shall we say. Um, let's have a look at the Mill team for this particular fixture. Just 11 players, no substitutes back in these far-off times, 1961. In goal for the Lions, Reg Nicknamed the Cat, I love that name, Reg the Cat Davis. I'm going to look at Reg the Cat Davis in a little bit more detail shortly. The Lions line up there, Dennis Jackson, Pat Brady, Dave Bumstead we've mentioned already, Terry Brady, Leon Vasson, Joey Broadfoot, David Jones, Alf Ackerman, Peter Burridge and Alan Spears. Scorers for the Lions on this particular day, Jones, two for Burridge, one goal for Spears. And the attendance, as we've said, 18,503. Now, I have found some press reports of the game. The Peterborough Standard, dated Friday, April the 26th, 1961. Um, the banner headlines, because Peterborough were on the way to champions uh, status. And they played well in this game, coming back from, um, you know, after each meal goal. They seemed to have, a, have, a, have enough in them to come back at us afterwards. But the headline, banner headline is Champions, now let's celebrate. There's a short report on this particular game. Um, the luck was with Millwall, say the, the Peterborough Standard. The posh fought in vain, Millwall 4, United 3. This was league football at its best. Millwall with an outside chance of, of gaining promotion. We wouldn't get promotion this season. But we fought like demons, say the paper, whilst United, still requiring just a single point for the championship, replied with their best exhibition for many weeks and came within inches of clinching the 4th Division title. Uh, but Millwall always appeared to have the edge when it came to goals. Twice United equalised in the first half, only to see the home team snatch the lead just before the interval. In the second half, Millwall swept into a 4-2 lead. The posh stormed back in a ceaseless attack, which produced one goal and a score 
of near misses and so it goes on i won't read the whole report um fascinating stuff different time um as we've said with the pitch invasions of the kids it's one of those uh, the french saying everything changes and nothing changes it's it's an odd thing to look at footage of this kind dear listeners i do recommend it if you get the chance um it looks like a it, here's the thing um it's within my own lifetime as i've said already i was six months old so just a baby but nevertheless within your own lifetime the footage will look so totally different almost to be to appear dickensian black and white grainy industrial um, new cross at this time the crowd dressed in a very different way to how a crowd would dress now and yet everything changes and nothing changes there is still this kind of anti-authoritarian even though they probably wouldn't put it in these words sense at Millwall that things rules are not are there to be broken rather than to get, be kept so I don't know if I'm making any sense at all in that in that piece there dear listeners as I said the 60-61 season Mill would finish in six spots um, in goal for us was a um, one of the big names of, of in Mill history in in many ways Reg Davis known as the cat on account of his of his ability to um, you know to make spectacular saves he started his career with West Bromwich Albion. He actually won a league championship medal, Reg, born in 1933 in Tipton in Staffordshire. He began his football career with West Brom, making just four appearances in the 1953-55 to 55 period. But West Brom would be league champions during that period. So he actually uh, uh, you know, caught a, um, a league championship medal. He then moved on to Walsall, 55-57, and then... Millwall, where he'd make 199 league appearances, 210 appearances in all competitions for the Lions, and there would win a fourth division champions uh, medal in the 61-62 season. Reg would play out his career at Leighton Orient uh, under Benny Fenton, interestingly, in 63-64, Port Vale, 13 appearances, and then back to Leighton Orient to, to finish um, his, his league career. Um, he's described on his Wikipedia page as a muscular and agile goalkeeper. And after retirement, he worked at Jersey Airport and lived in Jersey for a while. And his national service was served with, with the Royal Artillery. Reg the Cat Davis. I will be sticking, um, hopefully, a photo of Reg the Cat Davis online. Another name that struck me in amongst that team, there was a, I think it's a wonderful name, Alf Ackerman. I think that's a great name for a player. Um, an interesting character, as, as so many players were from this era. Maybe players now are interesting, in, but I don't know. But I love to go looking into the the life and times of players from this, you know, this this, this era. They seem to have more um, life experience. I don't know what you want to call it. Lived a life in some ways. But Alf Ackerman, um, a Millwall player from 1959 to 61, 35 goals for the Lions from 81 appearances. He had Travelled the world basically. He was born in Pretoria in South Africa, Alf Ackerman, 1929. He passed away in July 1988, aged 59. Not old, not old. They'd gone back to live in South Africa, a place called Dunottan in South Africa. Um, born in Pretoria, died in Dunottan, aged just 59. He played as a striker. He'd played for many clubs in Scotland. He played for Clyde. Come to England, Hull City, Norwich City, Hull City again, Derby, Carlisle, Millwall in 1959 to 61. 
before becoming player manager of Dartford and later on in his career, uh, Gravesend and Northfleet. I'm just looking at the Leicester Evening Mail, the Greenham, as it's called. This is dated Thursday, January 29th, 1959, which reports the signature of Alf Ackerman for Millwall. Just a brief paragraph, but I thought it might be nice just to touch it. Millwall signed Alf Ackerman. In an effort to solve their centre-forward problem, like I said earlier on, there's nothing new at the den, uh, Millwall have signed Alf Ackerman, the much-travelled South African player from Carlisle United. Millwall manager Jimmy Seed, 1959, says the fee is substantial. And here's another report from the Coventry Evening Telegraph. Headline, Millwall did well to sign Ackerman. This is dated Tuesday, September 22nd, 1959. Um, some clubs have the knack of buying players comparatively late in their careers and getting more than their money's worth. This seems to apply to Millwall, they say. When they paid out for the South African Alf Ackerman last January, it was money well spent. This much-travelled centre-forward, who began with Clyde, had spells of Hull, Norwich, Derby and Carlisle, is leading the Millwall attack with intelligence, bringing the best out of the youngsters around him. So, glowing words there for, for Alf Ackerman in the Coventry Evening Telegraph. Alf Ackerman, you don't seem to get names like that anymore. I, lo I love that name. Alfred Arthur Eric Ackerman. At 35 goals, that's quite prolific. And uh, many of the comments I've seen, you know, on, about the, the footage and, and, you know, looking around the, the social media and message boards, um, fans of that era spoke very highly of, of Alf Ackerman. And um, I thought that would be a nice... He's not a name I've mentioned previously. I certainly don't think I've mentioned Reg Davis previously. Now, there we are. Great footage. Well worth a look if you get the chance, dear listeners. Big thank you to Elliot Wood for forwarding that to me. So there we have it. I hope you enjoy these little retro pieces that we do. Viewed from the sanitised modern era of 2021, where every piece of bad language is apologised for on, uh, on BT Sport and Sky. It's fascinating to look back at, um, you know, an era that predated that much more closer to the game's origins. It's an era that I can, you know, I feel in touch with because obviously as, as a kid, you start going to the den and, and this footage is still in touch with the den that I remember from when I began going in 1972. It's also great to see, just get a fleeting glimpse of the old New Cross Stadium over the back of the ground, the totalisator board, which would loom over the, the Alderton Road End, um, Greyhound Racing, Speedway Racing, um, now all gone, just grass, and indicative perhaps of a passing of an era. So wonderful, wonderful footage. Huge thank you to Elliot for forwarding it to me, and I hope you enjoy this short look back into the past via the time machine that is YouTube. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. Um, we'll be back after the uh, Birmingham game later on tonight. So for now, it is me, Nick Hart, saying thank you for listening. Arriva Dirty Mill, and we'll be back very, very soon. Bye for now. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast, and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. All one word, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232 that's 0208 144 0232 leave us a voicemail no human will be involved in the receipt of your message 
So give us a shout, tell us what you think about all things Millwall, and the best messages will be read out on air. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.